Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Again, another show, Dr. Homebrew. So I'm screaming over my own intro, like a like some sort of podcaster. Screening, is that a DJ term? Screaming? Oh, screaming. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it should be, though. It sounds like a DJ term, but it's not, unfortunately. Uh, but you know what is a DJ term? It's puker. What's a puker? The guys that talk like this. <laughs> K1017, here we go. All the hits playing all the time. Pukery, puka, puker. Yeah, apparently that's called a puker. All right. Uh, man, I'll work I, on that. Yeah. So uh, right before the show started, I, I, I took a big sip of this uh, coal that I have, and I'm sucking all the foam off of my mustache because apparently it's like way too long. I'm some sort of caveman or freak. It's getting a little fuzzy there. You're letting yourself go now. You're it's a little weird, old man. married man. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit anymore. That's it. Whatever. That chicken, she's stuck now. Legally bound. I get half of her crap. Mountain man, here yeah. we come. Oh. And since I do podcasting for a living, she makes way more money than I do. Oh, whatever. Uh, here we are, <laughs> Dr. Home. We're about to uh, taste a couple cool beers. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, though, or uh, before we do that, uh, let me welcome everybody to our show and thank our great sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You guys can get all your cleaning and sanitizing needs met from uh, going to fivestarchemicals.com. You know who they are, PBW, Star Sand, all those kind of great products that uh, we've been using for years, man. And quite frankly, if, if you're not using them, you're, you're doing something wrong, man. And um, it probably shows through in your beer, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, Five Star are great. Everybody on the show, uh, everybody. Everybody who, who sends us beers gets a nice little prize pack from Five Star. Uh, among other things, we have some really great, uh, other really great sponsors too. But Five Star really, man, they drive this show. Uh, they were here from the get go, and uh, and they love us, and we love them. And uh, I just, I've always been a real big fan of them. So uh, check them out, FiveStarChemicals.com. Uh, if your local homebrew shop does not sell them. Uh, ask for them, please. Demand them, and then contact Five Star and say, "Hey, go to Bob's, you know, discount homebrew and you know, gas fill up diesel farm, uh, wherever <laughs> that might you be are. the only uh, one not reputable <laughs> enough. Right. I, I know that place, but um, I've been meaning to talk to that guy, but he scares me a little bit. Big Ed's gas farm. I don't know. Uh, anyway, Five Star, appreciate it, man. You guys, uh, you guys rock. Get your stuff clean. Get your get your, get your shit clean, girl. Sandy. Yeah, please do. Clean and sanitize. You can't do one, you can't do them both at the same time. It has to happen one in you know in, in the order that in the right time. order. Yeah, in the right order. Uh, those of you who don't know what Doctor Homebrew is all about, maybe this is your first time. I don't know. This is our like sixty second show, Brian. Uh, oh, man, <laughs> I've sat here sixty two times now across from you, staring at your brown eyes. The brown, right? Well into the double digits here. Right. I, I call well them, into the double digits. I call them hazel, hazel, actually. Well, you would, because you like to put fine points on things. It says HZL on my driver's license. <laughs> so that's what I told them anyway. I they didn't really check. Yeah, they, they don't check. They don't need to check. Purple. They, they trust you. Yeah. 
You're a white guy from the Valley. It's all right. You're, you'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, our purpose here is to provide an outlet for you home brewers, people who are listening at home and brewing at home, to get feedback on your beers. And this is you know, kind of a unique thing where you can actually ask questions of the judges, where normally in a uh, traditional judging environment, you wouldn't be able to do that. You have your little score sheet, and that's kind of it. And you get the feedback, and you go, what the hell does clean if it's good and clean then why are you telling me there's a slight contamination what the fuck is what's wrong i don't understand or uh you know such some of the beauty com- comments that you kind of get with judging um because you know let's face it you're you know the that person had 12 other beers before yours potentially it's a lot to write man um Anyway, so uh, what this, does effervescent mean? Yeah, I, right, exactly. Or you know, uh, you know, how do I get more hop bitterness into my beer or, or more hop flavor? I, I'm, I'm adding all of my hops at ten minutes. I don't understand <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, if you're interested in doing all that kind of stuff, send me an email jp at thebrewingnetwork dot com. And uh, we have the lovely Brian here. And normally, oh, yeah, I was going to ask what. Isn't there normally another dude like <laughs> what I've done next, with Lee next to me over here? <laughs> Lee apparently has like the world's worst case of um, uh, allergies. He's like allergic to something. Those, are, those maybe are it's you me. I don't know. Who listened about a year ago? Might remember the hacking episode. <laughs> yeah. It must be episode forty or thereabouts. Yeah, something I, like that. No, man. how many? It'd be twenty. What's sixty-two minus twenty-four? Be eight. like thirty-eight. 38, right? Eight. Uh, I don't know. Pretty sure you're wrong. I'm pretty sure it's eight. Can you play part of that episode? I just want to hear the hacking. I really <laughs> no. want him to be here. We should just call Lee and then he can hack for yeah. you. Yeah, fine. Skype him in. <laughs> uh, but to fill his place, we have Matt here from our local club, uh, Doze, Hello. right? Matt, you're a dozer. That's right. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Perfect. Perfect. Good. Good. Uh, so you, my friend, are a national ranked judge. Yep. How long have you been judging? Oh, probably, uh, I guess, seven years now. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah. It's taken you... me a while to, to get to the national level. I, I actually scored high enough to uh, be national, but it took me a long time. You know, just, you know, I have a six-year-old kid, so I can't judge all the competitions every other weekend. So right. it <laughs> took me a while to, yeah. to get to that. Is that what it is? You just, you, so you scored that high, but you can't, you're not just that automatically? or No, no. You have to... Uh, you get twenty continue, points. Yeah. yeah, you have to continue judging judging points. Oh wow! Yeah. Make you work for that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Judgy people, no. man. I don't even know. <laughs> See, I, I I think I would fit right in. I, I thought I would fit right in with with judging because I like to poke holes in things. I like to tell people where they're wrong, but I just can't. I, I mean, so anyway, before Matt got here, uh, Matt was the last minute. Uh, you know, the fill in. I really appreciate you yeah, coming no by problem. because I don't want to have to run the show and talk about beer. It's a pain in the ass. Um, yeah. So I'm sitting here judging. Uh, with Brian and the first beer, you know, I fill out the sheet. You know, it's okay. Uh, David Techum, who taught me, he'd be the, he he would probably make me do sentences or something like that. This is uh, atrocious. And then I just <laughs> gave up like halfway through the second one. I'm like, I can't, I don't even know. I, I fucking hate doing this. Well, yeah. I hate it. Unbeknownst to many of our listeners, JP is actually it has been certified as a BJCP judge. Yes. He has taken the test. I've taken the test. I have a, I'm a card carrying member, Brian. Yes, somewhere. Look at that. G one zero two nine. And there I, you go. I carry the card around me like I'm ever going to have cause to show anybody. Are you, sir? Now, be honest with me. Do you have any proof at all that you are a, who you say you are? Why, yes, I have my <laughs> peer judge certification card on me. Should I have worn my pin tonight? <laughs> you should, you, you should have. have. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
If, unless it would have slowed you down getting here. <laughs> yeah, I laminated my <sighs> card, though. I'm like... You did. I Man, I just had this weird... Just sidetrack real quick, because I got the fucking chills. Um, you ever, like, some sensations, like tactile sensations, you, you can't stand? Like, for me, it's... Mm-hmm. it's oh, I'm thinking about it right now, and I get, like, tingles up my spine. Rubbing a paper napkin together oh, with your fingers? Uh, or, like, uh, like uh, tearing a cotton ball? Oh, yeah. That's oh, sque- yeah. Uh-huh. So, apparently, I found another one, running my thumbnail up a... Paper card, like I was putting that card in my wallet, and I scraped my paper up, and was like, ugh, <laughs> I got goosebumps. <sighs> Whatever. Anyway, I don't like it when I like, you like click your teeth off each other, so, like you accidentally kind of, you know, whatever. You just push the bottom part of your mouth out, and it clicks against another tooth, <laughs> scrapes on that. Like, I mean, yeah, not that you chipped your tooth, but it, it doesn't it hurt. But it just, <sighs> yeah, it makes you feel icky. There's I don't know, man. There's some sensations that I don't like, but uh, anyway, the the sensation I do like is uh, skyping our good close personal friend, Mike Ferris. Mike, are you with us? I'm here. How's it going? Good. How you doing, buddy? All right, pretty good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, man. <laughs> no problem. It's uh, a little late here on the East Coast, but you know what? There's Monday Night Football, and <laughs> it's good to go. I appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, hey, no problem. So you sent us an English brown ale. And, I did. Uh, yep. You're our first. Uh, you're our first victim here on uh, on Doctor Humble, man. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. 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 Um, All right. So uh, a couple questions just to get out of the way because I think people like hearing this. I don't know. Uh, how long have you uh, been a homebrewer? I um, I started. I would say it's like three and a half, four years ago now. Yeah. Okay, that's not that's that's pretty good. That's yeah. a good chunk, man. I did. I did. I don't know. Maybe ten, fifteen batches. Um, with the you know the extract kits and whatnot, and then went mm-hmm. to partial mash, and now I'm doing uh, all grain. How many partial mash uh, kits did you do? Uh, man, probably two, three. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, th- I think that's either the way. Either you you do a couple. I did three myself. And I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to go all grain. Um, or you just kind of do a bunch. I don't know anybody who's done. Well, I've done like you know eight or nine, like a, like a good healthy amount before moving on. It's no, either a little no, bit. You know, it's it's or once, still once you get it. the. Kind of the idea of it. It's kind of easy to just to jump on into the all grain stuff. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Natural progression. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, okay, so English Brown. Uh, have you made a beer like this before? You know, I actually made this beer. This was one of the very first all grain beers that I made, and I really liked it. And I gave it to a couple of my buddies, and uh, my friend Neil actually asked me to make it for his wedding. So I made a okay. batch of this, and this is probably the fourth or fifth time I've made it. But I'm not real sure about it. I got a couple of questions, but. I want you guys' feedback first, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Matt, you missed on the uh, missed out on the judging. I don't know if yeah. you, um, and, and so I stood in for you. But uh, so you have some of this beer in your glass now. Mm-hmm. Feel free to just jump in with anything you uh, you know you yeah. you notice. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, and we had asked if it was a northern or southern English brown, and you, and you said you didn't really. Uh, <laughs> you well, didn't that's really part of know. my question, I guess. Okay. But, you know, it's, it's one of them. You know, I think it's. I've done some reading, and I think it's the southern that's kind of difficult to get here in the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think nor, uh, Newcastle's a northern English, but mm-hmm. uh, right. in, in yeah. the states yeah. here, it's hard, it's hard to get a, a southern English brown. So I'm not really sure what it is, to be honest with you. Okay, uh, did you make it to to go for a northern or southern, or you just kind of made an English brown and want to know after the fact where it falls? Yeah, I made an English brown, and okay. I liked it, and okay. I just kind of was curious as to where it would fit and and what you guys think about how the characteristics of the yeast that I used uh, goes with that. Okay, awesome. Well, Brian, you want to uh, you want to lead us off here, buddy? Yeah, you betcha. Thanks, um, 
so yeah, the Northern English is more like Newcastle kind of a thing. Um, it's a it's a little higher gravity than the Southern English in general. Um, the Southern can be a little um, have a little sweetness and a little richness, but uh, the Northern English should be kind of nutty and and just a straightforward English brown kind of. Uh, it's the one that you're you're used to, and not many of us judges have had the Southern, so we just judged it as Northern and and went for it that way. So um, we opened it. We had a couple of bottles here. The first one we opened actually gushed kind of, whoo, got real happy over there in JP's lap. <laughs> I had to shove it in my mouth to catch all he the did. foam. He did. He literally just shot it right into his mouth. <laughs> um, the sec- the, so I had another It's, it's, it's also the first time I ever shipped beer. Yeah. So And it's, you know, come from North Carolina. It's I don't know how it got treated on the way there. So Yeah. I, uh, it could be part of it. I don't know. I think we're seeing a little bottle variation there. So it, um, yeah. we talk about bottling procedures. But the second one seemed, uh, the second one we opened seemed to be the, the least gushy. It didn't, it didn't gush at all. I just opened it really gently. And it had been well, in my car on the way here. So actually it was the one we would have preferred not to not to have to use but we did um even the being shaken up it didn't didn't gush but anyway i got a in the aroma i thought it was a pretty pleasant aroma had a nice low chocolate note with hints of toffee a little more chocolate than i expect i mean you don't think of it as a chocolatey beer you want a little more nuttiness that's okay though um you have a variety of flavors you know toffee um caramelly a little bit um biscuity flavors but this was mostly chocolate and a little bit of top. That Monday night football must still be going yeah, you on. You can there, hear in the bar right now. a party out there. Yeah. Um, so in the aroma, it doesn't seem obviously sweet. Sometimes it seems like it just, it in the aroma, you would expect a little bit of more of a, a hint of the sweetness that is to come. I mean, it's not a really sweet beer, but it's a, it's a substantial 5 5.5% beer. It should have a little bit of sweetness to balance everything else that's going on there with all the malts and... Um, but uh, I did get a hint of nuttiness in there. The esters overall were pretty low. Just a bit uh, fruity. It seemed um, from like obvious fermentation flaws like DMS or diacetyl, it seemed fairly clean. Um, I didn't get any hop. You really shouldn't have a lot of hop in these either, so that's fine. It seemed like you know, recipe-wise it was okay, but you could get a little more nutty flavors in there uh, to make it, make it work a little better. Nutty aromas. Um, color-wise, it's a deep reddish-brown color. The tan head that fades um, in fairly short order. Uh, the first sample I had was pretty clear, and we're, we're pouring the bottom of the bottle out now. It got a little hazier, but um, I'll, I'll look past that for this one. It was it looked pretty pretty much like it's supposed to. That the head faded pretty quickly, but that, that could also be our our glassware here at the Hop Grenade. But we don't know. No, I think they, I <laughs> think they glassware. They clean the glassware pretty well. Yeah, yeah I think. totally. But. Uh, no, um, flavor-wise, the malt comes across with a low nuttiness and a, and a little bit of biscuity, um, also a little bit of chocolate in there. What I got in the flavor, though, it, it seemed to me to have a bit of a plastic phenolic fighting with everything else that's in there. Okay, it's just a. Um, it's not like the medicinal annoying one. It's just a light plasticky phenolic, and I'm kind of sensitive to phenolics. So I kind of picked that up, and it didn't really come through as much in the aroma. When I go back and smell that, I can get a little bit of it, but it's mostly in the flavor. Um, and it also seems like it, the finish is kind of inappropriately dry, and that could also be because of what's causing that phenolic, um, which I would suspect maybe a wild yeast contamination. 
Uh, hops are there, low, just earthy, kind of balancing. They're kind of where it's supposed to be. Again, it seems like the recipe is, is kind of where it should be um, from the, the hops to malt balance per- perspective. Just low bitterness, balance, balancing that malt out a little bit. Comes through a little bit rough minerally, again, possibly because of that dryness and just a little bit of harshness in the aftertaste. Um, it's also fairly caramelly for the, the style. Like You can have a little bit of caramel in there, but it, it, the caramel kind of comes through in lack of every, any, you know, what else might have been there. With, if you had a little sweetness, that might kind of cover up some of that. and, and you, it, I don't know. It might, might help it. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. What uh, what malts you use? It'd be fun to talk about the the recipe a little bit, especially on the malt side when we get there. But uh, yeah, mouthfeel wise, it had a medium light body with a fair amount of astringency, a little bit of yeah, just a little bit of bitingness to it. Um, and I also felt like I got a little bit of um, a little bit of alcohol warmth to it. Uh, carbonation is kind of medium high. It's, it's kind of spritzy for the style. You might back that off just a little bit, but. It, uh, it could be a, a bottle filling issue. Sometimes you, you know, sometimes bottles that are filled from a keg will be will be low on carbonation, and then I don't know is it is it bottle conditioned or is it from a keg? It is a bottle conditioned. Okay, beer, yeah. yeah, okay, good. Because yeah, we're getting a little bit of yeast <laughs> kicked up from the bottom here. Yeah. So, um, and sometimes if you do get a wild yeast getting happy in your beer, it'll it'll take a little longer to act, and it'll kind of keep going and keep. Keep uh, fermenting the beer inside the bottle, so it might have started at a nice level and just got a little higher as it went on. And it could also, you know, the shipment couldn't <laughs> could have messed it a little bit too. Um, but yeah, overall impression, it seems like a good recipe. I, I like the flavors that are there in the malt and the way the balance is to the hops of the malt. Just seems like a, a low fermentation flaw, kind of starting to distract a little bit. Um, you just want to watch the sanitation after you cool down the beer and avoid having any other critters or wild yeast get in there after you in your unfermented wort after you chill it. But uh, you can avoid the astringency too, or just keeping the mash or if you're, if you're steeping grains, you're, you're mashing, but keep your mash temp below uh, 168 F after you, when you're sparging uh, and the pH below six, just don't over sparge your, um, your wort, your, uh, sorry, your mash and it should also be a, a fair amount sweeter. I think fixing the ferment issue that is here will probably do that. So just seems like okay. something else got a little happy in here to me. Um, you know, so I like the beer fairly well. I, I would call it a, a good beer uh, on the high end of good. It's like I gave it a 27. So, uh, But, yeah, a little bit of issue there. It seems like maybe you wanted some feedback on what was going on, and I, I, I would enjoy tasting the other versions of this beer that you made. Uh, next to this one and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that this one works, and, and I can see how this recipe was made and, and designed, and then something happened here. This got a little, something yeah, got carried sure. away. So, <laughs> All right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's my impression of it. Um, anything you want to add, JP? Yeah, here's mine. This is my, uh, is this my first time? I don't know. It we'll is. See. Judge JP. <laughs> I'm so nervous. Um, for the aroma, I got some toffee notes in there with uh, colt malt, no, light malt, uh, light malt sweetness underneath, no hop aroma, which uh, uh, I think is pretty much uh, to style. Uh, ester notes of plum and fig, uh, no diacetyl present, which is, of course, appropriate for style. Uh, but I, as it warms up, I was getting a, a rubbing alcohol thing, Brian. I was wondering if you could f- tell me what what you know why i got that am i have i been drinking too much rubbing alcohol yeah i got more in the the mouthfeel i got a little bit of um a warming in it you could also get a little bit of um, a solventy thing going on if the that, beer that's was what i'm looking for fer- solvent fermented a little too 
warm. We can talk about the ferment temp. I mean, maybe you ferment it at a different time of year, and you don't. Well, let's talk about it right now, Mike. You know, what uh, what kind of, what temperature did you ferment? You temp at? control. Uh, I don't have actually temp control, but I've got a basement here, and uh, I did this in May, so it was fairly fairly cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably somewhere in the the high sixties, low seventies. Um, but the thing about this beer is that you're talking about you know a little bit um, alcohol warming and a couple of different things. This beer took off. The beer, the the yeast that I use it it blew off. I used a blow off tube. It went bananas, and so okay. it actually generated a lot of heat doing it that way. And I think it got a little warm. I think so too. Um, yeah. So yeah, this this beer. I mean, without giving away too much uh, before we talk about the recipe and whatnot, it finished at ten ten, which it's not supposed to. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's that's a part of part of part of the problem. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. Um, appearance, you know, whatever whatever Brian said is fine. Uh, flavor, smooth malt flavor. It, I thought it was kind of balanced with that crisp yeast profile uh, and the carbonation. Um, I thought it was a bit heavy on the caramel flavors for the style. I think this is supposed to be a little more nutty, and the Southern English is supposed to be kind of a little heavier on the caramel deal. Uh, slight nutty flavor at finish, though. So there was a little bit in there for me, but not, uh, not a whole lot, um, which is uh, still consistent. To the, you know, to the style, it can have some of that in there. Uh, medium bitterness, um, I'd like to see it a little higher to balance with the malt. Um, there is that malt caramel sweetness that I think needs a little bit of of a hoppy backbone to it. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just an idiot. Uh, mouthfeel, I, uh, again, I agree with Brian. Um, I thought it was a little bit higher uh, carbonation level than, than it needs to be. So definitely, you know, uh, you know, back off on that a little bit. Maybe go to... Uh, uh, kegging first and then carbonating in the keg to really get a precise level of carbonation. Um, yeah, but if you use the but same, it's still fine, if you use the same way. amount of priming sugar and the same exact procedure with the same volume of beer as other times, and it got more carried away. And yeah. considering also that the beer dried out as much as it did, there's something else causing that. There, yeah. yeah. So in in the in the overall, you know, I said overall, it's it's a good it's a good tasting beer. There might be some kind of beginnings of a cross contaminant because uh, that last sip to me was a little overly bright. It was a little overly tart, um, and it just kind of tasted like a little bit of warning sign that that something's in there or or uh, you know is continuing to grow or starting to grow or something something's going on. Um, so I would just check your you know your sanitation or, or whatever. Um, I gave it a 30 out of 50, um, and I won't bore you with all the, the other details because, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not good at it. And Matt's over here just kind of tasting it for the first time with us. Yeah. Do, you, do you agree with a lot of the impressions there? or do you, what do Yeah, you, I didn't have a chance. Did you get anything interesting out of that that we didn't really call out? Right. Yeah. I, I didn't have a chance to fill out any uh, yeah. That's all right. form on this, but just sitting here drinking it. I, uh, definitely right off the bat, I got sort of that tart green apple thing that I – at first, I thought was a um, little acetaldehyde, um, but uh, as as it warmed, to your point, uh, Brian, it was a little uh, phenolic and um, but but super uh, uh, caramelly, um, and maybe yeah. those two things were were fighting each other a little bit in the aroma, the the mm-hmm. almost clovey phenolic. Hmm. Um, okay, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, appearance. Uh, like you guys said, um, it's the. I, I guess I'd like a little bit more um, hop flavor in this. A little earth, uh, uh, earthy hop. Yeah, something right. Yeah, to to balance um, sort of that uh, chocolatey, um, caramely sweetness. Um, yeah, it's not really to balance the sweetness in this case, but it does. Yeah, you would. You could use a little more hop. 
hop in there. Maybe and maybe you like them on the the maltier side sure. and some of that chocolate yeah. coming through. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm actually really an IPA guy, but uh, <laughs> of course I made you this are. beer and, and was trying to back it down a little bit. Yeah. I may have backed yeah. it down. I guess too much. So what was your? Uh, let's talk about your recipe then, real fast. What was your recipe like? Sure, it's um, nine pounds of Maris Otter. Uh, half pound of caramel, and it's a five-gallon batch. Okay. Five-and-a-half-gallon batch, actually. Um, nine pounds of Maris Otter, half pound of caramel malt, half pound of chocolate malt, and that's it. Pretty simple, yeah. What about your hops? It's an ounce of Fuggles, uh, 4.2 alpha at 60 minutes. And the yeast I use is a it's a Burton Ale yeast, WLPO23. Okay. Um, some of the feedback I've gotten on this one before is to use a different, like, like maybe a London Ale or... Um, one of those other English English yeasts. What do you guys think of that? Is the is the Burton Ale appropriate for this? That should work. It's what I, from what I've found. Every time I've used it, it sound, it it comes out really fruity, mm-hmm. uh, and it blows up. I mean, it is a, it's a thick uh, croissant that blow. The first time I used it. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, she's not my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we ended up with. Uh, with croissant all over the ceiling, like it blew. Oh, the oh wow! I, I spent like a couple hours cleaning. cleaning <laughs> yeah. Burton, I didn't think Burton, yeah. the English wow. yeast, did that kind of thing. It yeah. was it was crazy. Wow, Matt, any reason why yeah, that would to, happen? To, is to it, your point, JP? I, yeah. uh, I did get uh, a lot of that. Uh, you said fruity, but, uh-huh. but yeah, the, you you got the plum and okay, good and good sort of raisiny. Yeah. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Apparently, it started yeah. at 10:57 and ended at 10:10, so that wow. brings it up to 6.2. So it's a little higher than I thought. Um, the first time I made wow. it, it actually started at um, let's see, 10:50ish, and ended at 10:13. So it was a little sweeter, uh, not as high alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, came out at 4.4 there. Huh. Um, Did you make? And it was really easy drinking. And this one, this one does seem a little harsher. I mean, I. Kind of sitting back and judging it. This one's been sitting since May. I mean, I made this in May, so it's been a while. Yeah, you could try the, you know, the the Burton yeast might be more in a in a pale ale or something. You could try a Nottingham or uh, a London ale yeast in the in the brown and see if it does a little more. Uh, does Burton liking, but... slam it like that? I mean, is that is that normal, or, or is that because maybe he does have something that you know got in the fermenter before I, everything? Yeah, else? in this case, it seems like something else. It might. It might dry it out a little more than the other ones, um, but... Uh, but you would think with, with a giant, you know, mm-hmm. uh, takeoff, like it sounds like he had yeah. with the Burton, there wouldn't really be any room for anything, right? I mean, to, to me, that's that's well, a sign of a, of a good ferment, is when it just is going roaring, yeah. going gangbusters, there shouldn't be anything to really dry it out that far, was right? Was it a big pitch? Did you do a... a yeah, it was, I, do, I do starters. I've got a... I don't know what the size I'm trying to turn around and look at it. It's maybe a... Two whatever the Meyer flask over here, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I make, I make a decent sized starter and, yeah. and pitch it all, and then you just, within you smell twenty four hours, it's pretty, it's pretty rolling. Everything yeah. I do is like that. I mean, if something gets happy in your starter too, that can compound a problem. Like sure. if you um, if you smell a starter after you've made it and and it just doesn't smell right, you can kind of double check yourself that way. I don't know if you did that or not, but it you know. If if you get like oh that smells a little phenolic and weird um, hmm. maybe I shouldn't use this you can run down to the homebrew shop and get two sure. packs of the yeast and just go for it that way. If you well, I don't, I don't doubt, know if you ever used but, Burton or not, but right out of the right out of the vial it smells that fruity kind of that yeah. funky fruity. I've uh, I don't think I have actually. 
Maybe I'll have to give that a shot. Because it I makes lo- a killer pale ale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think the yeast selection is fine. I think it, I think it works well. Yeah. And did you mention the hops yet? What What did you use in there? Yeah, oh, fuggles. fuggles. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Hops. Yeah. And it was just I like tried half to keep it as authentic as possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to use the right ingredients. And again, it seems like the ingredient choices and the recipe were pretty good there. Um, so you're saying a little, a little high on the caramel malt, maybe? Yeah, you might knock that down a little bit and and maybe try some victory or some special malt in there, um, and just uh, yeah, try to get a little more biscuity flavors in there, a little nuttiness. Yeah, might help in that. there. All right, the caramel. Yeah, caramel is okay in here. You, you, you just seems like you just have caramel and chocolate, and that's what I'm getting in the aroma. Just like it's caramel and it's chocolate. Yeah, and it's good. It just doesn't quite fit the profile. You need something. That, Something and the only real nuttiness you're getting is probably just from strictly from the mare solder. I'm guessing. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're using authentic ingredients, so that's good. Yeah, that that does make a difference, and that you're going to get a little bit of nuttiness just from the mare solder. Just a little bit of that English characteristic, bready, rich flavor, but it's not going to be quite as nutty as you need for this beer. Well, and right. so so what are you going for? Are you going for just a, an English brown that you like to drink and you kind of are fiddling with the recipe, or do you want to hit a, a, a southern English or a northern English? No, you know, I, I really don't care, to be okay. honest with you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I've, I've never entered a competition. I've never seen anything off for judging. Um, yeah, I some just, people don't like a nut brown, like have a really big, nutty character. Yeah. Just, that's all you yeah. get, and it's a one-trick pony. That, that can be a little annoying on the other side of the spectrum, too. So you can keep some of that caramel. You like the flavor you're getting from that. Yeah, just... Bring in a little biscuit or, or a special roast and just have some fun with it. Try something a little different the next time and and just keep your, you know, really sanitize the the starter flask. And, well, I suppose you're probably, are you boiling in the starter flask? And Oh, yeah. Yeah, just dump right in. Yeah, so, I mean, it seems it's like that, there's a it's low that chance. glass you can just stick right in the, in the ice, you know, and just yeah. cool it off. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Once it's cooled, if you get some wild yeast falling in there, but you would think that the intended strange to take over pretty well if your packet swelled up nicely or the or the it was a pretty fresh vial oh yeah um yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah could have been something in in you know in the bottling post ferment sure. it could have been yeah. a bunch of stuff so could come up anywhere um yeah just you know maybe pay attention just run through everything with some uh you know star sand or some pbw rather and uh you know everything post ferment just to knock it out just to make sure you know go just take take a day and strip everything and clean it out and just you know yeah, yeah real well, sure. And then yeah. on the bottling side too, change out if you if you're you're looking at your plastic tubing, it's starting to get a little discolored, or it's been you've been using it for a year and it hasn't been changed. Just change that stuff out. You know, if you if you got a bottling bucket that's a little funky, get a new one. They're not that expensive. I wasn't here yeah, when was, you opened the bottle. Since then, I've started keggings too. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. So nice. There you go. There you uh, go. Once so, you go keg, you never go back. That's true. <laughs> that's true, man. I hate cleaning bottles. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I wasn't here to watch you guys open the bottles, but you mm-hmm. said that there was a gushing issue. And, yeah, it was. I mean, it was uh, you know the kind of slow push. You know, uh-huh. yeah. So it that was the terrible, bottle. But... That wasn't the bottle that we tasted, though. It was oh. the other one. Yeah, so. it was the other one. All right. Yeah. JP sucked on that one, and I wasn't about to <laughs> sample that. I went down for a no, nap. I had no, to burp. I'm just, get out I'm just curious. Yeah. Just curious from you guys. Yeah. Does does shaking it up from from here to California does that do anything? Because and and I'm not. I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to make any excuses or anything. I just I sure. want to know because the one I just pulled from my refrigerator didn't do that at all, and it's been sitting there since May. And yeah. But I'm I'm feeling like I'm tasting the same thing you guys are kind of tasting. So I'm I'm just curious if. If just shaking it up and getting the yeast moving again, is that gonna is that gonna blow the top off of it like that, or is it is that a something that's definitely in that's there? That's a good question. If, 
Yeah, it, it would be if the, you know, just shipping it shouldn't do that. If you're shipping it for a competition and it's going to be judged two days after it lands there, a bottle conditioned beer is going to get shaken up a little much and you might not want to do that. Sure. Um, you might want to bottle from keg instead or give it a good solid week and a half to sit and, you know, hopefully settle. Um, but yeah, if you, if you ship two bottles in the same package and one of them gets shaken up and the other one, uh, you know, or they both get shaken up to the same level, one of them gushes, the other one doesn't. There's obviously something in that one bottle that, that sure landed in there or tra- when you transferred it, something, something happened yeah. something from the, who knows? Once well, a reused bottle, cap, so some it may not have been gar- clean garage or wherever you yeah. filled it, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, right. The bottle can have a little scum at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, okay. well, Mike, do you have any other questions uh, for anybody for the guys? No, it was it was just nice to hear feedback from somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. Because <laughs> <laughs> my friend, you know, like my friends like my beer. You know, yeah, yeah for sure. Buddies like my beer. And no, I can see I, why. I just kind of want to know what's going on. You it's know? Like, good beer. It's very drinkable. It's not. Yeah. It's there's not anything really. It, there's nothing intensely offensive in here. It's a good recipe, and you can drink a lot of this. But keep it cold. Little, yeah, for style, yeah. you want to <laughs> adjust it a little bit if you want to nail that style. And, and then, yeah, this one you might have got a little funk. But yeah, keep keep going, keep brewing, and the next one will be better. So it definitely sits in the northern style. Is that what you're telling me? I would say yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. More, more northern than southern, right? No, no. Wasn't it? Isn't southern well, more caramely than northern? Well, the southern yeah. could have a little more caramel. But this, I mean, it also wouldn't be this strong. You know, it's not going to be oh, a 1050. Okay. like a, you know, you wouldn't get that alcohol would be an obviously flaw in it. It would just be like smooth and a little bit, you know, it would be a little bit sweeter than this. So I think this works as northern, northern better than southern for those reasons. Okay. okay. It's got characteristics of both with the, with the caramel and the alcohol content there. Yeah. Okay. So you just got to choose which way you want to go next sure. time, I guess. Or not. Right. You don't it's have to a nice do hybrid. There you go. <laughs> an English hybrid beer. You made it a new style. No. All right. Yeah. All right, Mike. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing. Hey, I appreciate man. it. Thanks for the feedback, guys. All Cheers. right, man. Have a good one. Go get some sleep. Hanging in there, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Bye. Later. Cool. Awesome. Nice yeah. dude. I like the East Coast guys. The East Coast guys. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to uh, drink a... What Did we figure it out? It's a Brett beer. It's not a sour beer. It's a Brett beer, right? To Brett Saison, a Saison, Belgian specialty. Belgian specialty. Yeah, it's Dr. Holmberg, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. 
morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer Back to the examination. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. So uh, a couple shows ago, you may or may not remember, uh, we had uh, a, a sour beer from Cody. It was a sour oatmeal stout, I believe it was. Um, and, it was uh, a blended beer, if I recall. That's right. A of, yeah. Like a red blend. Yeah. Put a lot of different stuff in it. It's good. That's I thought fun, it was tasty, yeah. man. Um, I already oh, got mine right here. Wow. Thank you, though. Um, well, oh. Cody can't join us again, but uh, he did send another beer, and uh, we're going to use it. We're going to drink it, and we're going to enjoy it. Uh, what was this, Brian? A uh, Belgian specialty? We're calling it a 16E Belgian specialty. All right. Uh, and what Cody did with this beer is it's a, well, it's, it's, he's calling it an Amber Brett beer. And Amber Brett beer. In parentheses, Saisonish? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> it has a Belgian green bill with pale, aromatic Caravienne with American hops added at the mash and in the Whirlpool. We don't know if that's the only place the hops were added, but 
<laughs> oh, there's not a lot of hops here, so whatever. Uh, and fermented with six different yeast strains. Wow. And That's it had a, a, a yellow rubber band around it. That's all we know about the beer. I thought the note read, it tastes like yellow rubber band. It tastes like yellow <laughs> rubber band. No. This is the rubber band that oh, came off okay. of it here. Yeah, nice. They differentiate. He sent us three. There was one with a red, one with the yellow, yeah. and then we judged the one with the gum. The gum. The yes. gum. <laughs> Cody. Cody got real specific, which I like. It's great. We need all the details we can. Well, um, okay, well, uh, Brian, start us off again with this beer, man, I'll because uh, this, this beer. beer was super interesting. It yeah, was uh, I, super interesting. Wow, beer. the aroma is a zinger. It's just a, it's it's big bread, like really rich, leathery bread character. Hay-like, earthy, a little bit of sweat in there. Not not offensive sweat like JP's sweat, but you know, just more like Lee's sweat, kind of. <laughs> oh, I would say, oh, m- less musky, more manly musky sweat. You know. Okay, okay good. Okay. Yeah, great. The malt is low and bready. Has plenty of yeast character. It's just the the. I mean, maybe it's from the six different yeasts. I don't know, but the, the, the <laughs> yeah. juicy fruit. And bubblegum asters. I wish we could talk to Cody because I just want to. I just want to ask him how you even manage that. How do you manage like fermentation wise six different right. yeast? And he just has a bunch of carboys. He's just one of those people that maybe splits yeah. batches and like, let's compounds let's a bunch of shit. Battle it out. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Well, that is kind of the, a good way to do a, a consistently um, flavorful. You know, sour beer or Brett beer, right? Is you kind of just you split a bunch of stuff and you blend it together and kind of whatever you want to do. And it sounds like that's what he does yeah. with all of his beers. Saison is yeah. about the the yeast character, so if that's what he was. You know, he's going for a, a yeast character beer. You'll get a lot of different characters mixed together with this, and maybe one will kind of start to dominate the others if you yeah. know, the culture gets happy inside there and and some some starts to win out. That can happen in in your fermentation. Okay. okay. But um yeah, just it has a little wine wine like character. There's a hint of some white pepper. There's no hops, there's no DMS or dazzle. It's, it's it's very lemony and has this this zing kind of in the aroma. And the color wise it was bright, clear, go, kind of golden color, uh tending towards the amber a little bit, but uh bow white head faded pretty quickly, mostly fine bubbles. You got to the flavor, and then uh, JP and I both kind of, oh, we taste it. We both just kind of went, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I made a note uh, that the beer doesn't know what it wants to be. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's exactly what it it wants to be, is just some weird thing. All the different yeasts that are in there, and you got the Brett, but I think the Brett definitely won, because it... Yeah. Oh, for sure. As it, It's weird, though, as I taste it again, um, I think the carbonation has been knocked out of it a little bit, mm-hmm. and it was a pr- pretty... Uh, well, it didn't have all that high carbonation to start with, but it, you, I'm getting a little more, not sweetness, but like a little more fruitiness in the flavor that was, wasn't was quite there before the carbonation was kind of... As it warms, I think. Pushing oh. off some, yeah, just uh, a little more biting, leathery kind of mm-hmm. character. Um, mostly Brett. So, yeah, just everything. It has, you know, all these sweet flavors that the aroma kind of hints at just get buried by this overwhelming Brett. Dryness, rich leather and hay, horse blanket flavors just dominate the beer. It has a faint bready malt behind that, a little low lemony and orangey flavor behind it as well. Um, a hint of some lactic sourness. I don't get any hops. The balance is definitely the Brett. Aftertaste is Brett. It's not extremely tart. 
Um, and, and yeah, it's just wow. I scored it lower in the flavor than I did in the aroma. The aroma was really inviting, and if it, I, I'd like it to be a little bit more tart, and uh, the Brett character just needs to get the f out of the way <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit, to let some of that stuff shine through. Because it's well, I'd like to know how long this was aged. I, I'd have a lot of questions for Cody, but maybe one of these days we'll get to talk to him. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Mouthfeel wise, extremely dry, leaving a dusty, leathery sensation on your tongue. Low carbonation, not very creamy. Uh, I get an impression of a low astringency, but it's I, I believe that is coming from the Brett as well. Everything in this beer flows from the Brett. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Brett is no secret in this beer. It's not subtle. It's not like, no. oh, hey, here's a little Brett. Like, <laughs> hey, brother. Brett. Your Brett's here. <laughs> very inviting aroma. Overall, I'd say just like the aroma is great. I wouldn't change that at all. But just it would be better served by a beer with a bit more tartness. Still, as it's declared as a Brett beer, it is called a Brett beer with, <laughs> with maybe Cezanne question mark. You know that that is kind of right. It's like, well, Cezanne isn't really coming through question mark. Hence the question mark. It works as such. Uh, the Cezanne like character is very muted. I would um, age this, you know, on on some lacto. Um, before adding the bread, you know, put some Roselaire in there and let it get a little happy and then add your bread whenever you want to, you know, seven or eight weeks later or something and, and let that go. But too much bread, you think it's just too much. Yeah. Okay. Per- perhaps the beer could be blended with something a little zingy and tart and sour, but you know, I mean, sometimes you get those bread beers and you, you, I, 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 I kind of want some of the bread only beers to be a little more sour. I think this is probably just a bread only beer. I might, I might be just imagining the, the lactic sourness, I don't know. But yeah. Are there six different be... Brett yeasts? There like are strains? There are a few there are quite a few different strains of Brett. You know, no. uh Bruxelenses, Animalis, um I, I, I can think of no, right. I can think of like, two. Right. Um, Matt, help me out here. <laughs> no, I would I would imagine that's not There's what he meant other. by six different yeasts. Yeah, he might have just um, used six different brewing strains with with different, you know, yeah. one bread. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, whether Maybe. he blended six different beers or actually, I, I'd, I'd love to know that decision process. Yeah, one day, Cody, we will talk to you, dude. But I gave the beer a thirty-four. I thought it was pretty pleasant overall. Just the the aroma was super inviting, and I gave it a really high score on the aroma. And, you know, the other elements were a little lower, but it was still an interesting beer and kind of as declared. So I had to kind of try to score it appropriately, but it's just more of a balanced thing to me. Just yeah. the one trick pony and the the, the special the, the declared style isn't coming through very well. Um, you know, if it's really what the declared style was supposed to be, we don't know for sure because we can't talk to him. So he can't stand <laughs> up and, and fight us and defend his beer here. Right. But I think... He, he just shared some of these beers with us just to, to let us have some fun. And I, I don't know yeah. that he even wanted this one judged, but we... He didn't, uh, but uh, you know what? He shared it Tough with us, shit. And, yeah. and we're judging it, damn it. Right. Here we go. Matt, right. what do you think? This is a cornucopia of flavor. This is like a party <laughs> in my mouth and everyone's invited. <laughs> That's um, true. Yeah. Uh, definite leather, definite hay. Uh, now, hey. I do... Hey. I do get a little bit of that... Now... I'm going to say sweetness, but I don't mean malt sweetness. I mean um, very estery sweetness, Ester on, sweetness the back, yeah. on, the, on the back end. Um, almost like an orange juicy sweetness. Orange zest, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I concur with with most of what you uh, 
Say about most of what Brian said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a smart thing to do. No. <laughs> Just agree with the smart guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I kind of agreed as well. I came up in points. Uh, I gave it a thirty-four as well. I originally had it a twenty-five, and I'm like, I can't. I, I don't. I don't even understand this beer. But as it's warming up. It's opening up more for me. It's definitely, definitely better. It was really cold in the. It was really cold, bag. and I'm getting you know I got uh, the the lemon zest kind of thing, like a lemon pledge, but uh, with a sweet undertone to it. I got uh, the leather. All these kind of fun things started opening up. Like for me, Brett beers. If it's 100 percent Brett, it can be too aggressive, too almost astringent. And with this, I, I got this kind of coating down my esophagus that felt very astringent, very, um, the only way I can describe it is, is after I swallow it and then I breathe in, it feels like gritty, uh, uh, in my, in my throat, which is very weird. There's it, it, like a, a, an astringent sensation. And I don't know what that is, but I, I, I align it with Brett. And so I agree with yeah. you, Brian, that it is too much Brett, for me, I want more yeast character to come. Through. I want a little more malt kind of thing. I want some hop kind of thing in there. Um, so, in short, what you're saying is his beer tastes like somebody's leather sofa has just been cleaned with lemon uh, pet, <laughs> lemon pledge. Yeah. And then a horse ran in and rolled all over it with his blanket <laughs> and the hay that he came from the field with. And, yeah. And then I licked and it. And then you licked it. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Thank you, Cody. We're done here. The one thing in I, a good way, in the in, but in a good way, <laughs> in the best you. of ways. The one thing I did notice um, in um, in the aroma and maybe a little bit in the flavor. Um, you know, when people try to make uh, Belgian beers, lambics and such, um, they they put their pellets in the in the oven and kind of toast them. Mm. To kind of artificially age them, age there was a it, yeah. thing on the internet that says that that's what you should do. And I know a few people who have made beers like that, and that's the aroma that I kind of get way in the background, like cheesy cooked hops, mm. like artificially aged. And, and personally, I don't. It, when it's warm, it doesn't get that way. But when it's cold, it, it came through for me in these weird glasses that we have here. Um, and um, I don't know. I just I don't think that method, that kind of shortcut, works. Did you guys get any of that? Well, I didn't get a lot of hop at all, but it's uh, he did say that he used American hops, and but so it, it was like not being an uncharacteristic hop character for the style might not even hop, but, like just the cheesy part of a hop, like the like, but specific cheese that's artificially old cheese. Right. That makes sense to anybody in this sure. room. <laughs> no, it's hard to no, get I, a lot of cheesiness past the bread, but yeah, I, right. there, there might be a little bit of maybe it's from the bread. I don't know. Like you know, when you have an aged IPA, I agree with you on the on the flavor of a of an IPA that's been oxidized, and you get like um, you know that cheesy, cheesy kind of hoppy yeah. hop flavor that just doesn't work for it. Hmm. Um, but it's not a very hoppy beer, so you could, a little subtle hint of that might twist it a little way. But yeah, I want Cody to email in, and and then we'll do a feedback on the next show. Yeah, and uh, letters from Cody yeah. about what we said about his beer. Um, yeah. Okay, well, normally we would take questions from the brewer, but he's not on. Thank, so, you, for, thank you for sharing it, though, Cody. It was a very interesting beer. We yeah. Appreciate yeah. It. Uh, so we're going to take another break, and then we come back. We're going to hand out our awards, say thanks to our sponsors, because, of course, without them, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. Um, and then um, we'll get out of here. It's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. 
Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. High Gravity Homebrewing Supplies wants you to keep it simple. Brewing should be fun. And with High Gravity's amazing electric brewing systems, it is. High Gravity keeps their brewing systems simple, on purpose. More efficient than gas, customizable, and with your choice of one, two, or three vessels, High Gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer, formulate recipes, and improve your beer's consistency. Dave at High Gravity can customize your system to fit your needs. High Gravity invites you to visit their Build Your Own Brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric. And High Gravity offers $7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products. www.highgravitybrew.com High Gravity. Keep it electric. Keep it simple. Visit highgravitybrew.com Ken Grossman of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company says making great beer is hard. Making the same great beer every day is harder. Brewers Publications announces its latest release for breweries of any type and size. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers by Mary Pelletieri. Proper quality management for small, regional, and national breweries is critical. Whether you are an established business or brand new, learn the best ways to create and manage a quality system in your brewery. This book will guide you in developing a comprehensive program that will grow with your brewery, help ensure quality processes in the brewery, and continue providing great beer for your fans. Quality management for breweries is critical for continued success. This guidebook teaches you to integrate quality management in every level of the operation. It will guide you in developing a comprehensive program to ensure quality processes in your brewery. Quality management, an essential guide for brewers, now available from Brewers Publications. Learn more at brewerspublications.com. Admitted. Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the Internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button, improve repeatability, and refine your recipes 
Zymatic's with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of home brewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of home brewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. We're about to uh, wind up the old Dr. Homebrew sesh here. Um... But Brian had some cool, a cool little interaction while you were judging. I think right a couple weeks ago or last week. Well, I was, yeah, I was actually proctoring an exam, and uh, and it's uh, we got we finished proctoring the exam. The other judge and I, um, I was it was uh, one of my 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 judging mentor, Dave Techcom, who you mentioned earlier in the show. Yeah, uh, it works up in the Sacramento Elk Grove region up there, and and gives a lot of exams. So I was, you know, just. Tasting the beers that the examinees taste. When you're a proctor, you get rate the same beers, and then they're they're judged against how you perceive the beers and what what you know what you pick out in them as well. So, uh, but I was just like, come out afterwards, and examinees come out of their area, and we come out of our area, and just started chit chatting with some people and having a beer. It was at the uh, new Helvet- new Helvetia brewery mm-hmm. up in Sacramento. There, pretty mm-hmm. pretty good place. Anyway, um, this guy was. Like, yeah, your your voice sounds familiar. Are you? Uh, and I, it's weird. I get this once in a while now. Like people hear it. Are you on, uh, on Doctor Homebrew? I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's he recognized me. you by your voice. He's like, you know what? Oh wow. Guy's name was um, Conrad something or other, but he, he's like, you, you ins- inspired me to become a beer judge. You got, I oh, listen wow. to you guys show a lot, and um, just like you know, then he heard about David's class and and stuff. Um, and he does a great, you know, 10 week session for these brewers to bring, bring them up and, and really get it going. But yeah, like just, you know, he's just educating himself, listening to the brewing network. Then it's the first that I've ever heard of anyone being inspired to actually get certification to become a beer judge. Yeah. Just, you know, not, maybe not just by listening to the show. He obviously has some other, he has a passion for sure. Background. But I, I didn't chat with him extensively. I think we kicked off like, the idea. That's for I sure. I was pretty flattered. It was kind yeah. of a cool thing, you know, to learn that he, that he had done that. And, uh, that's you know, pretty also, cool. Hey, if, if anyone else wants to learn more about the brewing, you know, go to BJCP.org. Uh, there's a new study guide coming out for 2015. There's new style guidelines out this year. That we'll probably start using next year. A little more. We're still kind of working off the 2008, which you can still use this year. But uh, yeah, it's you know, there's a lot you can get into if, if you if this resonates with you and you're tasting beers along with us, especially the calibrations and things like that. And you're like, I could do this, you know, and you can if you really study, get together, get involved with a homebrew club, get involved with someone who's a judging mentor, who like a master level or higher in your area who who does classes. And you can make a go of it, and, and absolutely, eventually come. Even I can do it. <laughs> yeah, even Matt and I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> you can. Whatever. I just lump Matt. I just lumped Matt into judging it, into it, it complete is, failure, uh, like me. I'm only certified, so I suck. Judging is a lot of fun. If you can listen to the show and not fall asleep, you, you might be. You might be a good material. judge. It is a lot of it, fun. Uh, for me, it's not. But it takes the me. fun out of drinking. That's for sure. <laughs> that's true. It really does. <laughs> it can help your brewing too, though. So there's a lot of trade out. It will it's help really, you. Really, absolutely. It does open your eyes for sure. Absolutely. Okay, let's get to some awards. 
Um, so we have uh, two sponsors who give stuff away. We have a Grog Tag at the uh, grogtag.com, and then we have our uh, lovely uh, homebrew shop, High Gravity Homebrewing and Winemaking Supplies over at highgravitybrew.com, and they have been uh, both been gracious enough to give us a couple things to give away. So uh, we have two beers on, and uh, we give awards by by the score, just like anything else in the world. So um, for the lowest score, it's our little tongue-in-cheek award, uh, the Grog Tag uh, $40. At least your beer will look good gift certificate. And uh, in case you don't know, Grog Tag can go online and make customizable, reusable beer labels, wine labels, coasters, metal sign. They do all the bottle caps. They do everything. It's man. quality so stuff. Yeah. It's can... really cool. And it's a lot of fun. They have a bunch of templates. You can just fart around there for free. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Uh, you know, what better way to, uh, you know, brew a batch of oatmeal stout or something like that than hand off to your friends as Christmas presents because you're a cheap bastard. Yeah. Um, and so, that, that award goes to Mike. Mike, you win. Mike Ferris did a good yes, job, buddy. At least your beer will look good. But at least your beer is going to look good, buddy. That means that Cody. Too. Yeah, that means that Cody wins the high gravity homebrew uh, gift certificate. And uh, Cody, you can head on over to highgravitybrew.com and start picking out what you're going to buy, man. And how uh, much is that one? Um, I don't know. I believe it's. I don't know. You're not supposed to ask me that because it's more know. than forty dollars. Um, I think it's actually a pack. I don't really know. Uh, I know Desiree is kind of farting around some stuff. Brian just totally put me under the bus right now. Well, you did. He didn't know. He didn't know. Brian, where does that aroma come from? What? <laughs> How many different kinds of Brit are there, and what are their names? Uh, that's a good question. Well, that's well good, yeah. Well, that's stuff you're I supposed to know. I should know that stuff, yeah. That's all right. Awesome. Uh, Desiree over at High Gravity no. is awesome. And, uh, High Gravity is cool. She's definitely setting you up, so uh, you know, don't worry about that. Just don't worry your pretty little head, Brian. You'll get something. Everything will be fine. It'll You'll be get okay. something. It'll be good. I'll go take my riddle in. <laughs> all right. We're going to get out of here. Uh, I wanted to thank Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com, five of course, for uh, letting us even be in here in the first place. Matt, thanks, for, man, for uh, jumping in here and uh, subbing out Lee. My pleasure. And if you want to hang out, we're going to do another Cheers, show. Cheers, Lee, sure. wherever you are, buddy. So, uh, yeah, Lee, hope you're getting you, better. Lee. Or uh, at least blocking your histamines or, I don't know, whatever people do like you. Uh, anyway, it's been Dr. Homebrew. Until next time, everyone, take care.